Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to Moms Out Loud Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to episode number eight. Yep, so I am currently recording in my grandparents' closet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm visiting my sisters right now, and we're at my grandparents' house, and their house is giant and beautiful, but there's like no good place to record here because everything's huge. Yeah. So I'm in their walk-in closet. Awesome. <laughs> I wish you guys could see me because it's it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. I mean, I know people record in closets all the time, but it just feels weird. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, so, I I nothing. recorded in my car in the Food Lion parking lot when we first started. And oh, that's I right. had my computer open and everything and people were driving by me and it was like in the dark and I kind of felt like a secret agent (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that that is so funny we'll just have to keep documenting weird places we record (laughs) I haven't really recorded anywhere weird I've recorded in the office at my house and in like the den at Hmm. my house and that's it so this is the weirdest place i need to start recording in cooler places like my pantry or something maybe yeah Um, yeah um, (laughs) anyways yeah not too too much going on here hanging with family um and just like enjoying some time with everybody luke's gone right now he's in california so per usual (laughs) so i am just making the most out of hanging with my sisters and stuff yeah that's yeah. awesome. I saw that uh, little uh, Instagram story that you shared of, of you guys all on a walk, and that was cute. Yeah, well, we were just in my grandparents' driveway. I My one sister comes in. I'm doing some, like, research for the podcast, and she comes in, and she's like, hey, we're going to skateboard, so can you come outside? And I was like, oh, sure, sure. Um, and so, like, one of them's on a bike, one of them's on roller skates, one of them's on a skateboard, one of them's in the wheelbarrow with Roland, and... Uh, it was just fun. I feel like I miss being with them, and now that they're getting older, they're just a lot of fun. I mean, they've always been fun, but it's cool to, like, talk to them and do stuff with them, and I just keep, you know, stealing their stuff, like, stealing their skateboards <laughs> and their wagons. I did. I, like, stole the ones. My one sister skateboard, like, rode it all the way down the driveway, tried to, like, do tricks on it. Can't do them anymore, yeah. <laughs> but I did teach her one little trick, and then for payment or repayment I pulled her down the driveway in the wheelbarrow so (laughs) anyways yeah yeah so they're a good time yeah good good yeah I haven't hung out with my sister my sister's younger like I don't know if that sounded in there but um my sister's younger too and it's interesting hanging out with her because she's kind of like me but at think she's 14 now sorry Alyssa if you're not 14 (laughs) but oh my oldest sister well my oldest sister under me is 14 right now too yeah so it's just weird because she's so similar to me but then at the same time yeah I'm an adult now so it's just our relationship I don't know it's It's just different and but I'm sure you know when she gets a little older and we're actually in the same state that would be nice so (laughs) yeah exactly I always feel that way with my sisters too because they're so much younger the next oldest after me is 14 and the youngest is like I don't know maybe like nine yeah or something 
So they're really, really young. So it's cool to like get to see them play with Roland and stuff. But we're in very different places in our lives, obviously. Right. But I hope to like someday be like their cool older sister that they want to come hang out with. Or I'll come make them babysit in payment for all the times I babysat them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and well, it's, it's weird. The dynamic between me and my sister, like my parents still... They still see me as, like, this rebellious teen, I think. I mean, I think they're working on it, that, like, I'm an <laughs> adult married. now, and I'm married, and I have kids. Um, but yeah. sometimes I'll say things, and they'll be like, make sure you don't say that in, in front of Alyssa. You know, kind of like I'm going to say really inappropriate things in front of her, because I'm just this crazy like, person. Guys, I'm an adult. <laughs> I'm like, come on, I guys. Have children, like, so. I know it's appropriate. Yeah. Well, and I think what's appropriate for my kids is inappropriate for their kids you know so what they want Alyssa hearing is different than what I'm okay with my kids hearing you know so that's kind of weird too so yeah I just feel like when I'm talking to her I'm like okay make sure I don't say anything bad (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious so oh sisters but sisters are good right I always wanted a sister and I finally got one so Good. Well, you can have some of mine. Yeah. Lot, so. <laughs> you do have a lot. Just kidding. I have four. Yeah. So, but yeah, like that's pretty much all. What's up with me? I'm just excited for today's topic. So I'm yeah. like, me too. I'm ready to me dive too. in if you me are. Too. Yeah, I am. <clears throat> awesome. So guys, today we are talking about some of our favorite true crime yeah. stories, I guess. <laughs> And I'm going to start out with mine. Yep. Well, when we... So the mer- can I say something? Oh, sorry. When, when we decided yeah, to do this episode, we we're like, let's do our favorite true crime episode. And even though Rachel is more knowledgeable about true crime stuff, I just got into it. We were like, okay, let's pick our favorite. And I was positive we couldn't have the same favorite. We couldn't have the same favorite <laughs> one. But we did. And so, but since Rachel is the murderino, I'm like, I would just not do my, even if it's my favorite, I would just not do it justice like Rachel could. So I'm so excited to hear this (laughs) right now. She's being nice. No. Because when she told me that her favorite was, she was like, oh, I'm going to do this one. It's my favorite. I'm immediately like defensive. (laughs) And I'm like, no, that's my favorite. (laughs) I know a lot about that. And I I wasn't like saying it like that or anything. She was sweet and just kind of like, you know what? You do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's all yours. Um, Yeah, obviously. She's she's the nice one. So (laughs) she's like, you do it. (laughs) I am the nice one. Um, But that's okay. Hey, I'm nice. You are nice. Rachel, you can be nice. You can be. You try really hard. I'm just just joking. I don't try, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> so when I am, it's just, you know, a miracle. But anyways, let's get on into this. I am doing the cold case of JonBenet Ramsey. Mm. And this is kind of funny that this is my favorite because it happened the year I was born. So obviously, it's not like I was alive and watching the news about it. But when I was a little bit older... And I had learned about it and I saw Jean Benet in magazines and stuff because it's such a big deal. Yeah. I was just like fascinated. So <clears throat> let's dive in in case you guys don't know about who Jean Benet Ramsey is, which is quite possible. I'm just going to give a little backstory. 
JonBenet Ramsey was a six-year-old beauty pageant winner. She is the daughter of John John Bennett. <laughs> so they have the same name. That's kind of weird. Um, he was a multimillionaire. And her mother is Patsy Ramsey, a former beauty queen. She won Miss West Virginia of 1977. So I don't really, obviously, she was six years old. I don't think she chose to be in beauty pageants. And I'm going to say something right now that some of y'all probably won't like. I personally think putting your children in beauty pageants is creepy. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And I'm only saying that because think about it this way. If you go to a beauty pageant and there's parents there, cool. People like their kids. What about the creepy old dudes that are sitting there too? Do you think they're there for their kids? What about the dudes who buy the magazines of the children in beauty pageants? Like, Mm -hmm. come on. It's creepy. And I just would not be putting my daughter in a very tiny dress with makeup on to go be overly sexualized to a bunch of grownups. That's weird to me. And if you want to argue that, do it, please. But- You can read studies on the psychological damage that that type of stuff does to children. And read them if you don't believe (laughs) them. (laughs) Same thing with child actors. Look at Corey Feldman. Anyway, so. (laughs) Um, So, in December of 1996, her and her parents and her brother went to a Christmas party. It will at Christmas Eve. They went to a Christmas party and they get home really late. They get home at about 10 p.m. and they put the kids to bed. Okay. Now, at about 2 a.m., a neighbor has said that they woke up and heard like a blood curdling scream of a little girl. And then they just rolled over and went back to bed. So (laughs) that's really nice. Yeah, I don't even know. Then at about 5.30 a.m., Patsy Ramsey comes down, goes to make some coffee, takes her time making her coffee and whatever, and then she turns to the island and she sees, written on a notepad, a note. Hmm. So she starts to read it. It's a three-page note with over 300 words, and it actually is a ransom note Hmm. for the kidnapping of Jean Bonnet. So... She goes ahead and calls her two friends, and then she calls the police. And um, you can listen to her 911 phone call. I thought about playing it, and after listening to it, I decided not to because it's really hard to listen to a mom just be that frantic and terrified that her child is missing and that there's a ransom note here. So if you want to listen to it, go ahead. You're welcome to. It's interesting, but if you can't handle it, that's why I did not play it. So I'm going to go ahead and read this ransom note because I won't play you the 911 phone call, but I feel like it's very important that I read this note. And it's long, so buckle in. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign fraction. We respect your businesses, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed. And if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. 
The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. And I just want to mention right here that they say an earlier delivery, cross it out, and then change it to pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if there are any found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Do not try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory. S-B-T-C. So that's the ransom note. What does S-B-T-C mean? We have no oh, okay. idea. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Okay. They still don't know. Now, I'd just like to mention right here that, like I said before, this is a two and a half, basically three page ransom note with over 300 words. Most ransom notes average at 15 words. So this is probably the longest ransom note in our history. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I can't say that for a fact, but from what I understand, it's ridiculously long. I'm going to come back to the ransom note, though. Anyways, so... Um, like I said, Patsy called her two friends, like two sets of friends, and then the police. Now, I don't know why she called her two friends first. I am just going to speculate and say she read a ransom note. She was like, what the heck should I do? Called her friends for their opinions, maybe, and then decided to call the police. But the police end up arriving before her friends. The police are there. They're looking around. Then her friends show up, and the police make one of their main mistakes. One of their first mistakes, I guess. They let the friends in. They don't lock up the house for a crime scene. They just let the friends on in to tramp all mm. around. They also did the initial interviews of the parents together, which is another big no-no. Because what if the parents weren't on it? Mm -hmm. So the police searched the house and they found nothing. They just kind of like hung out, looked all around. They didn't find anything. They were like, hmm, weird. Okay. Then they call in like a support group and these people come to talk to Patsy and John and they talk to them and while they're there, they wipe down the kitchen counters. They take it upon themselves to tidy up a little bit. Keep in mind, the ransom note was found in the kitchen. So now any evidence in the kitchen, gone. Yeah. So friends are all over the place. Everybody's all over the place. People wiping stuff down. It's ridiculous. Now, after they hang out for a few hours, they are there, like, maybe till 11, I think. And the ransom note says that they were going to get a phone call between 8 and 10. No phone call came. Nobody said anything of it. And then the police are like, all right, cool. Well, we have no reason to hang out here because there's nothing here. So they leave one FBI agent there, a woman, and they leave. So she's hanging out there with them and, you know, 
Patsy is just kind of acting very distraught, obviously. And John is acting just kind of calm, but not calm. Like he's pacing around. He's just, you know, showing grief in a different way. Everybody shows grief in different ways. And I really think it's unfair that people analyze parents' reactions in these types of situations because everyone copes differently. So I really don't necessarily think, in my opinion, I don't think that's something that they can use as evidence because who knows how you would cope in that situation. You can't expect everybody to just be frantically like screaming and bawling the whole time, you know? So they're both kind of reacting differently and they're also not hanging out together. They're not in the same room. They're like in different rooms, like doing their own thing. So that's kind of strange. It's kind of (laughs) strange, but then at at the same time, you can say they're coping differently. So Exactly, exactly. So it's just how you look at it. And I kind of, I just have an issue with people telling people how you should or should not react in these situations because I think everybody's going to react differently. But anyways, so since John is just kind of pacing, the FBI agent is like, hey, John, why don't you go just check the house top to bottom, see if you find anything abnormal, just help get your mind off of everything for a little bit. So he immediately goes to the basement, which is strange to me, but whatever he can do, whatever he wants, it's his house. Oh, I should have mentioned they have a four-story house. So it's kind of ridiculous. It has like front staircase and back staircases. So it's an intense house. So he goes to the basement and he's down there for a little bit. And then all of a sudden they hear him upstairs screaming, my baby, my baby. Hmm. And so he had found Jean Benet in the wine cellar downstairs, which was literally in a room with the door closed. So the police just thought they shouldn't look in that room. That's very confusing to me. She was there the whole time, and the police just, they were like, meh, we don't want to disrupt their privacy. We just won't look in there. The door's closed. I have no idea. It's That's just so weird to me. Well, it was Christmas Day, right? So yeah, maybe they I were was, in a hurry. Well, oh, well, that was something I was going to mention, too, is that it was Christmas Day in Denver, Colorado, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And generally, the people who work on holidays are the rookies because once you have seniority you get those days off so these are like cops who probably don't have a ton of experience with this type of thing that's why they didn't like mark off the crying scene they let people in they just made multiple mistakes and they know it at this point you know but what can you can't go back so what had happened is that john had found john benet in this room when he sees her, she has duct tape on her face. He immediately, black duct tape. He immediately rips the duct tape off her face and picks her up and wraps her in a blanket. So he contaminates the heck out of all that evidence mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. there. Normal reaction, though. I feel like that's a it normal It is normal reaction. when it's your child, yes. But it's also, I mean, it's a cold case. Yeah. So he could have potentially ruined yeah. them finding her yeah. murderer. Now, she had a fracture to her skull. She obviously had duct tape on her face. They have reason to believe she was sexually assaulted, not raped, but assaulted in some ways. Mm. And she was also asphyxiated with a garrote. Um, So they decided her actual cause of death was strangulation with that garrote. It was made out of string and a broken paintbrush handle of her mother's Mm. from the basement. Wow. Yeah. Then later on, they did find two sets of unidentified DNA on her underwear, but they were never able to figure out who that was or who that belonged to. 
So let me go ahead and go through what's weird about the ransom note to me. And then we'll get into theories a little bit. Oh, was well, that well, the first, end? Like, is that, did they do any other investigation? Well, so this is the thing is not really. Okay. <laughs> they thought maybe it was the parents, but they obviously they did polygraph tests. And then they took the handwriting of the ransom note and did testing with each of their handwriting. And it John was cleared. Patsy's was not. Mm. So they can't say for sure it was or was not her, but she is not cleared. Mm. Now, they definitely, like, looked around and stuff. And that's why I'll, I'll get into theories to kind of go based off of things that they had found. Basically, they had $500,000 to used to look into this case and then once they ran out of it they stopped looking wow. because that's a lot of money yeah. <laughs> so they looked they had spent like months on this but that i think i'm almost i'm pretty sure this is either before dna testing or when it was very new right so they didn't have much to go off of i'll get more into a few little things details and theories because of those details but i want to delve into the ransom note just to kind of talk about some theories I have off of this now I am almost sure <laughs> I can't be positive this is a cold case and so there's no way to ever know if anything's for sure right. but I'm pretty sure by reading this that it was written after she was dead right so I'm going to talk about a few different things so first off it starts out saying we are a group of individuals then later on it changes to I will so they have reason to believe it was not a group. It was a person writing it to cover up the fact that she was murdered. And there's a lot of inconsistencies throughout this to support that. And I read tons and tons of articles that support what I'm talking about and why they're weird. So next, they specifically say you'll withdraw $118,000. That is a very specific number. Mm -hmm. It is also the exact number of a bonus that John Bennett received that year. The exact number. Crazy. Which means a couple of things. It could mean it's someone that he worked with that knew how much his bonus was. It could mean that if it was a random person, they could have found a pay stub in the house going through their stuff, potentially. Or it was one of the parents who knew how much the bonus was. Yeah. So a lot of theories there. Also, there's just a bunch of fluff here when it says, make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When has a kidnapper taken the time to be like, remember, bring a big bag, okay? Yeah. Don't forget yeah. your big bag. You want all your money to fit in it. Also, when would they say, it's going to be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. So bring a big bag, make sure you nap, yeah. like take some rest. It's going to be a lot to deal with. And I like I can't even wrap my head around that because if you're sitting there in this house writing this, what? Yeah. I just I can't. Yeah, like 15 words it. tops. Like I have your daughter. This is the like, money I you want. You need this much money, we'll call you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> then they say later they so at the beginning there is some misspellings and little things to kind of make you believe that they are an uneducated person or group. And then they start using words like hence. So it's like, are you uneducated or are you educated? Right. Because they start out, it's just so confusing. And then I had mentioned that they crossed out the word delivery and used pickup of your daughter. 
And it's because they thought about it and they're like, well, it doesn't really make sense that we would deliver her. You would bring us the money and get your daughter. Right. So I found that very interesting. They also say two gentlemen watching over your daughter instead of with your daughter, sitting with her, keeping her or whatever. Why is that even added I just feel to like, you, though? Like, who cares? That's what I'm saying. Who's watching Oh, it? okay. This is why. Because they say, <laughs> this is another thing that's super weird. Two gentlemen watching over your daughter do particularly like you. Then they add in one of those little carrot arrows and say, add a not. So at first they're like, they do like you. Well, no, they don't. They don't like you. They forgot not. I feel like if you're writing this, you would not accidentally be like, they'd like you. Right. I just feel like that's this so is strange. Weird. It's so weird. And then they mention beheading her, which I think is to play off of the fact that they say they're a small foreign fraction because not a lot of people just like behead people right. in America. That's not a huge practice here. Right. So I think they were just going back and trying to add that in. Now, this is something that I found so, so interesting because they say again and again, she dies something something she dies right right now the psychology behind this is crazy because if you knew she was still alive while writing that compared to how many other ransom notes everyone says they will die she will die not she dies so they after doing so many studies they believe that whoever wrote this already knew she was dead so they were incapable of writing she will die huh. because she was. So I found that so interesting. interesting and you can get really deep into that, but isn't it weird? Cause sometimes your brain just doesn't allow you when you are lying. Like that's how people catch you in lies and stuff, little things right. like that. Now, this is the last thing that I found interesting is in the beginning, they say, Mr. Ramsey. And then all of a sudden at the end, they start using John's name, just John. Like they know him casually. I think if they really were a foreign fraction who did not know him, they would say, Mr. Ramsey. They wouldn't switch to John. So all of a sudden they're like just casually using his name. It's just really weird that they change so many things from the top to the bottom. It's very inconsistent. And then they're like, oh, wait, let's add this in because it'll go with the top. I don't know. And then the Victory SBTC is so random. There's so many theories about it. But... I didn't even want to get into it because to me, reading all of them, they made no sense. I was like, I think they shouldn't have even signed it, to be honest. Why, who would sign it? Victory, SBTC. Why? Right. Makes, it makes no sense. But anyways, so this note was written on a pad of paper that was already in the house with a Sharpie pen that was also in the house. And the pen was put back where it came from. What? Yeah. So, not not only did they use stuff that was already in the house, so that means they stood there for 21 minutes and wrote this letter, because it's a freaking letter. They also were like, you know what? I have so much time. Let me put this pen away. <laughs> yeah. How weird is that? You wouldn't do that. So, I don't think a stranger It's so would weird. Yeah, and why, if it was a actual ransom note, wouldn't you have brought it with you? Right? You, you would, would be think prepared. That you would have written it. You would have written it before. You wouldn't be like, yeah, let's just hang here. We'll eat a snack. We'll use their own stuff. Like, it's just, it's not believable, in my opinion. No. So, now I'm going to get into some theories because 
I, for a while, 100% thought I believed one of them. But the deeper and deeper I dove into this, I have no idea now. Hmm. Oh, I forgot to mention that there are certain words in the ransom note and how it was written that make people to believe that this note was written by a woman. Yeah. So, obviously, they can't be 100% sure. But I guess some of the things were written in a more feminine way and not the way that a man generally would write them. So, not only was the dad cleared, but the mom not. They think it was written by a woman. Mm. So, that's just a little tidbit for you to ponder. So, here's one thing I didn't mention yet because I wanted to wait till talking about the theories. There was a broken window in the basement of the Ramsey's house. It was already broken. Like, they knew about it. It just couldn't actually be closed because it was broken. Okay. Now, this is Colorado, so it's snowy in December. There was no footprints to or from the window, which is pretty unlikely. If someone was coming to the window, there'd be footprints in the snow unless they are a bird, you know? Did they just fly into the window? That makes no sense. But... There's a theory that someone could have come in the window and gotten her that way, which obviously that could potentially be a thing. They know lots of people. They're very, very rich. They go to big parties all the time. They have tons of friends. Who's to say that someone that they knew couldn't have taken advantage of the fact that they knew that their window was broken or something from being at their house before? And climbed into her, like, so walked upstairs to her room, got her downstairs, then wrote the note yeah that's a theory now this is no it no it is because this is why so in the kitchen on the counter in the morning was a small bowl of pineapple okay cut up pieces of pineapple in jean benet's autopsy they found not fully digested pineapple okay her parents deny that they served her any pineapple before bed. They said they just put the kids to bed. So this person came and cut up the pineapple for her. (laughs) So a theory is, is that someone came in somehow. They lured her out of her room with promise of pineapple. They gave her pineapple and then they took her downstairs and whatever. So seems, seems bold. Yes, very, very bold. And in, I mean, this is a four-story house, so it's not like you're potentially going to hear everything happening in the house. But uh, remember the neighbor who heard a scream? Yeah. Did the parents not hear a scream? Yeah. It's really weird. Now, another theory is that the mom killed her because the note was written by a woman. And supposedly she was known to have been a very strict mom and to have physically punished her before because she peed the bed. She's a six-year-old and she still pees the bed, which is not crazy uncommon, I don't think. Maybe it is. But some people think that she peed the bed, she punished her, it went too far, and then they covered it up. Which just, I, I really, really personally don't believe that the mom initially had anything to do with it. When I listen to the 911 phone call, people can analyze it and say well this and this but I and I'm not a freaking scientist like I don't specialize in any of these things but hearing her unless she's an actress I just don't think that she knew when she made that call right 
if she wrote the note, she would have had to know because she would have wrote the note before and spent 20 minutes doing it. So anyways, another big theory is that the dad who found the body and contaminated all the evidence immediately did it. Now, there was not actually a motive in any of the theories that think he did it. There's no motives other than that he did it. It could be that he was, you know, sexually assaulting her because they had found signs of that and who knew what happened, but it maybe something just went too far or something and she screamed and he wanted to quiet her, you know? So um, there's theories that that's why he went immediately to the basement and found her body. And the last theory, which is the one that I always believed, but it's so hard because obviously this is a cold case, so I can't be sure, is that the brother, who was nine at the time, Burke Ramsey, who supposedly was asleep when Jean Bonnet was asleep, that he killed her with a flashlight, which they found in the kitchen. So they just found this random flashlight in the kitchen, and they were like, that's kind of close to what could have hurt her head, fractured her skull. But also, so could a bat or any blunt force object, you know? Right. And a lot of people believe, or even me at one point, believed that the brother had killed her for some reason, maybe out of jealousy, maybe by accident of playing, who knows? And that the parents covered it up because they were scared. And for the longest time, that made the most sense to me because the ransom note that was written for 20 minutes... After she was already dead, generally speaking, when a child is found dead in their home, statistically speaking, it is the parents. Right. Not always, but generally. But statistically speaking, only when there has been a long history of abuse and then it goes too far. So for everything to have been perfect, she's this little, you know, pageant queen. And then all of a sudden, that's kind of tricky for me to wrap my head around. But... Also, I, I think nine-year-olds can kill. They've killed before. So who's to say their brother didn't do it by accident or out of jealousy or who knows what? And then the parents, instead of thinking about the fact that he's nine, so they probably could have told the police. They wrote the note, called the police, hid the body, purposely contaminated the body, and covered it up for their son. Well, so, and I read something the, about... That the son had been violent to her before. Well, he's a brother. Well, right. Because that's the thing that's hard for me to wrap my head around because obviously I don't have older brothers, but everybody I know who has older brothers was beaten up by their older brother. Oh, yeah. But you have so, to think, I'm not too, saying, like, you have that's to think awesome. too, this is a different situation as well. She probably gets more attention because she's in beauty pageants. She's also oh, yeah. like a sex symbol in like that age group. Like that's what, you know. Yeah. And so maybe yeah, his true. feelings towards her were, were really confusing. Like she was attractive and she was made to look older than she was. And then at the same yeah. time, she's getting all this attention. And I could see where like there would be motive there. there. Like psychological issues. Yeah, but he's nine. <laughs> like boys don't go through puberty at nine, do they? Maybe they do. Yeah, nine-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> nine-year-olds can be crazy. I don't know. I think, yeah, it's hard. It's hard because... They're really good actors if the parents did it. Well, there's so many things, like interviews with them after trying to go and clear their name. And some of the things contradict each other. And some things make you be like, hmm. 
But they did test the DNA however many years later when the DNA testing was better, and they cleared the parents. Oh. So, yeah. What there? They, what but, DNA was on there? So there was somebody else, else's DNA remember, on her? Remember, two types of DNA on her underwear. Man. And so it wasn't that. But you have to think about this. What if that it was a brand new pair of underwear? People from the factory's DNA could have been on it, you know? Or who knows what? Or maybe, like, they have housekeepers and stuff, so maybe someone who did the laundry. But I think they would have tested them all, to be honest. So, basically, it's super messed up. Well, who, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They not... had housekeepers? They had a housekeeper, yeah. A woman. Was she ever interviewed or a suspect or anything like that? Yeah. they. Everybody who was in the house, they did it to everybody. I just didn't mention all that because... I didn't think it was relevant because nothing came of it, you know. The main people who were scrutinized was family because everybody was interviewed and had alibis and was checked out for things. And obviously there's different theories about all this different stuff. There was even at one point this one man who confessed that he was there when it happened and watched the person who did it kill her but won't reveal who it is. And he was in a different country when he admitted this and all this stuff, basically trying to get out of a different crime that he did. And they totally, after all this research and everything, they decided that that was inconclusive and there was no way he could have been there with another man. But there are two unknown DNAs on her underwear. So it's basically just this like huge conspiracy theory of a terrible tragedy of a little girl who did not deserve to die. And I honestly am just hoping that there's a deathbed confession because otherwise no one will ever know. Well, and her parents are... it's crazy. Her parents are dead already, right? No. Oh. Her mom died of cancer at 47, I believe, and the dad and the brother are still alive. Hmm. Yeah. That's weird. I'm sure I didn't necessarily give that story justice. There is tons of wonderful documentaries and podcasts and articles and shows out there about this that go into so many details and theories so if you're interested definitely go check out some other stuff but this is just a generalization and the stuff that I found most interesting and important and I hope that if you didn't know about it that you're intrigued and that it was enjoyable yeah now now you're obsessed and you're gonna look up everything (laughs) about it yep yeah oh my goodness yeah because I think just looking at it at face value, you think the parents did it, you know, right? Just at face value, mm-hmm. or the brother did it, and they're covering up for the brother. But then when you get yeah. when you, I think that makes the most yeah. Sense. But when you get deep into it, it's like then why are they doing interviews? Why are they doing this? And why are they doing that? I don't know. But I think if you have the premise that we are sinful creatures, that we're evil people. <laughs> And we're only, yeah, naturally, and we're saved by the grace of God, right? So if you're coming from that premise, these people aren't, like, nice, perfect people. You know, if you're not coming from that point of view, then you're just thinking, well, yeah, just the facts show it was probably them. But... Yeah. But they don't. I know. That's the thing is, like, facts sort of show, but not really. And the evidence doesn't really and it's just ridiculous and I could honestly spend hours going into more details and theories but it's just wild it's so wild and I hate that it's a cold case because I want to know what happened right (laughs) 
I think that's why it's my favorite because it's a cold case and you could go around and around and around for hours. So, yeah, literally hours. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed my rendition of Jean Benet Ramsey. Yeah, I did. Thank you. There were some and things I'm I so, didn't know. Yes. So. Awesome. I'm glad. I was hoping that I would be able to throw in a little thing or two and teach you something. Yeah. And I'm so excited for yours because Alexa picked something specifically because I don't know anything about it. And I'm so excited to learn from her. It's like the only one that she didn't know about. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do that one. <laughs> <laughs> but since this episode is so long, we decided to keep you guys on your toes. And she's going to tell hers next time. Yeah. If you have any questions for us, if you want to connect with us, you can email us at momsoutloudpodcast at gmail.com and you can find us at Moms Out Loud on all the platforms. And you can find me on all the platforms as well as my website on rachelplayerphotography.com or whatever. Also, my friend mentioned to me the other day that I should mention the fact that my name is spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. My parents wanted to be different and spelled <laughs> my name weird. So... If you're unable to find me because you didn't look under that weird way of spelling Rachel, now you know. And you can find me at A Rockwell Estate on all the platforms. So we'll talk to you next yep. time. See ya. Bye.